Hey, Tone. How's it going? You didn't get sick? Nah. Lost a lot of weight. Swimming. The best exercise. Works every muscle group. Get the fuck out of here. You, you never exercise once in your life. Anyway, you know I've been working with the government, right, Tone? Don't say it. Come on, Tone. Sooner or later, you gotta face facts. I don't wanna hear it. Well, you're gonna hear it. Fuck. You passed me over for promotion, Tom. You know. How much shit you give him? A lot. Jesus, push. Fuck him away for it all to end, huh? Yeah. Oh, now you're in a rush to do a podcast on a serious subject. Holy shit, guys! How about that animal crossing? Yeah, it really takes our minds off the uh, sad loss we've uh, seen recently. Oh, we had to do a bunch of serious shows today, and what ended up happening? Uh, I believe if you weren't uh, looking at me on Vine, which could be nice. Uh, Fuck that Instagram video. Am I right, Hank? Yeah, Vine is where it's at. There you go. What's your Vine? Uh, not on the Windows phone. No, that's it. <laughs> oh, I'm definitely gonna tweet about this. Don't checking you dare do effects. that, Stan. <laughs> Don't tweet about that. It's embarrassing. Just checking the sound effects. They're all working. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I love that your sound test is still that old episode, <laughs> like three songs yeah, are, yeah. Dang, bridge is washed out. Wish me luck. <laughs> Off to uh, a strong start already. So, R.I.P. James <laughs> Okay, sorry. Wow, we were... Star how, of the Mexican. How long... <laughs> <laughs> he played a gay guy in that. He did, he did. He uh, played a gay guy. Why was that important in the movie? Huh? I'm trying to remember why that was important in the movie. After um. Oh, it saw he was supposed to kill Ju- Julia, Roberts. Julia Roberts, and then she's like, "Oh, you're in love with a man. I'll help you meet other. Uh, you're a big soft teddy bear now." And then it turned out that he wasn't even the scary murderer that they thought he was. And he was pretending to be the hitman, but it was really some scary black guy. But that was the same role he played in. Um, what was it? My, me and Graham, I think, are the only people who saw it. Killing them softly. Yeah. So he just plays himself. But he, but he plays a shitty hitman yes. who can't get the job done. Who's like drinking himself to death and who's drinking his, was... all his per diem. I'll <laughs> handle it. I'll handle it. Yeah. You know what else he was awesome in was. Uh, uh, Eight millimeter? Nope. Uh, well, he was. But I love snuff. Uh, no, the, the man who wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, he was fucking fantastic. That movie is so good. That, that was a good one. So much. That is, what was uh, that? See, now who's dropping? That was a rare shit. Hank drop. Yeah, Hank drop. <laughs> Hank drop. <laughs> Ooh, let me play the Hank drop real quick. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, if you can go without dropping something, this one will. Yeah, but I'm I always holding this delicious e-cigarette <laughs> with mango flavor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, you got to put some in your mouth. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe you. All right. We're very punchy. This has been too long. Well, yeah. We were supposed to record what? Like five hours ago? I five would hours. say that may even be a conservative estimate. <laughs> yeah. And ended up watching wrestling clips and Playing getting Animal so Crossing. much fruit in Animal Crossing. <laughs> James Gandolfini, I mean, he's most famous. Shit bums me out. Yeah. So fucking much. But you know, if, if you're going to imagine how uh, Tony Soprano would die. 
You think like his dream death would be like on an Italian vacation with his son? <laughs> yeah, you know? uh, uh, reportedly eating two appetizers, two entrees, two beers, six shots of rum, two pina colada. <laughs> like the there was they made a joke about it in The Sopranos and like when he got food poisoning and mm-hmm. uh, what was that the second season. Yeah, when he dreams and he uh, pussy. That's when he. There is. There are no better dream sequences than the Sopranos. Yeah, They're fucking perfect. They are. Exa- and you guys are looking at me all weirded out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but they make a joke like, in the show they're always eating, and then like he gets food poisoning. He's like, "Where? Where? You get this at dinner? Like I cook dinner." He's like, "Nah, this shelf. Wait, dinner again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those motherfuckers eat dinner twice." <laughs> and. uh but The Sopranos is so good, and I was just surprised. I'm like, guys, The Sopranos is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I get these blank stares, like from you two. Well, right now. No, who else? Like Michael Michael Raparez and maybe uh, Diana Parez. I'm maybe sure the only she people. Yeah, yeah, they... Yeah. You know, Michael, I remember I talked to him about the last episode when it came out. Yeah, yeah. I love that show so much. I uh, honestly want to know, why haven't you guys seen The Sopranos? I don't get HBO. See, don't get HBO. But have you seen Game have of you Thrones? <laughs> You, I know you have you the, owned a DVD player at a time when people could rent DVDs? How do you explain yeah. how caught up you are in True Blood? Uh, uh, ooh, there's well, no jokey response. I get dispatches from the set. <laughs> <laughs> I love. Let me say about True Blood. It's like the gayest. It is the gayest show on TV. My dad like loves it. that show, and he's the most homophobic, what? conservative guy <laughs> like on this, earth. I, <laughs> I, I, do you have any words you remember of his review? No, you got to see this show. Everybody's fucking everybody and biting people. <laughs> no, uh, that what was is? essentially. Like, yeah, you really need to watch this. It is. And I'm like, I really need to watch a campy southern vampire show that's like two <laughs> steps removed from Twilight. Okay, it, Dad. It has like the most egalitarian nudity on that show because like every <laughs> egalitarian gets nudity naked. is a fantastic yeah. band name. Every gender gets naked. Like the episode I the one of the last episodes I watched, I've I've only seen about like seven or eight of them, was where they introduce werewolves into the world through obviously obviously every werewolf once they get beaten. Then our turn, they transform into a beautiful nude man. Like that's <laughs> so yes. they like this guy defeats five CG werewolves, and then they're all just unconscious naked guys. <laughs> and which feeds into a really weird fantasy of mine. <laughs> the thing yes. about that show that gets me is that there's always the combination of deep southern accent through plastic vampire fangs, which adds a new <laughs> element of that sounds yeah, really I, dumb. I hated it. it really I could not bad accents. Everybody's southern accent is so bad, right? Uh, and it's all shot in the exact same places Six Feet Under is shot. Every <laughs> single thing, and it doesn't oh, yeah. look like the South to me. You well, watched... the office looked like uh, that was supposed to be Scranton, Pennsylvania, yeah. and it always looked like L.A. Oh, and they shot in my hometown, Tallahassee, Florida. It was super weird. Mm-hmm. Did, I, did I explain that connection? Uh, it was just a dumb thing that happened to me recently during E3. Uh, mm. They were they shot that whole season, that the part of the season of The Office right. in Tallahassee, Florida. In Tallahassee, Florida, and then I'm going to do documentaries about Ducktales with Way Forward, and uh, they keep making jokes like, oh, "It's over there, man. Look at the stupid Saber Center." I'm like, you're really lucky. I get that joke. I don't think a lot of people <laughs> were watching The Office in that season to know that what the Saber Center is. And like, no, no, we're not joking. This is the Saber Center. This is where Dwight flipped that thing, and this is the set. That's where we work now. That's why we're saying it's boring and like it's like a set in the <laughs> office because it is. Huh. And I was like, that set in Tallahassee, <laughs> DuckTales. <laughs> wow, life full circle in a very, very strange way. Um, and everybody, 
more blank stares. Oh, I'm definitely gonna tweet about. Uh, <laughs> but what about the Sopranos? The Sopranos. The Sopranos. I wanted to bring that up because, like, uh, I think people have a tendency to like. I want to talk about this actor, but not the thing he's most famous for. Fuck that. That show should have sucked without James Gandolfini. It is so rad. I love to tell people it is not Goodfellas. The show. Ah, there are. Yeah. Whole, there are a whole episode. <laughs> what? Is that's, that, that's my assumption. That was mine too. It's not, they have scenes yeah. with the characters where they like these were <laughs> these were gangsters who watched movies and loved gangster movies. Yeah, like there was elongated scene where they're just like, uh, "Come on, Silv, come on, Silv, do the scene." And he's like, "They pull me that's back why I get in. Back. This is why I think I get out. They pulled me back in." The way Tony laughs at that is so fucking. He huge. loves it so much. Yeah, they just it's they're supposed to be about real people, but it was also like you're. It was one of the first anti-hero shows, like big anti-hero shows, which is all fucking TV. Is that's true? All good dramas, just like every good video game is a mm-hmm. is a zombie killathon. Every <laughs> every good drama on TV, in American TV is the anti-hero show, and but it was one of the first. Like you. You start to like Tony yes. on the show, but then you forget. But furthermore, it keeps showing you like, no, he is a bad person. Like, and he con- constantly like, it's does, two, one step forward, two steps back with him. And I, I, there was this. It was a great scene. It just takes place in therapy. Most of the scenes take place in therapy. A lot of the scenes yeah. in the first couple of seasons. Yeah, the, they step back from therapy, where it gets like, know. where it talks about things you would never hear shows talk about, and mm. it just happens to be a mobster in the seat. Fucking great. Yeah, and uh, uh, there was a scene where she was talking about like how he feels weak all the time now, and like I don't know if I can still do this job. And he just, I think the the therapist vaguely suggests doing something to reassert yourself, and he just goes jailhouse. He beats the shit out of this guy, yeah, from a from a therapist. And then he throws up. That that was after he got shot in the stomach, and he had to prove he was still a man. It's a great. It's there, but the first, the very first episode. Uh, he says it and it fucking hurts me every day he's like what? he's in therapy he's had a panic attack and he's in a therapist's office and he's like why do I feel like I got in at the end of something and not only do is every job I get it's one I've always wanted and I feel like it just it's just ending uh, when he finally got to be the boss when you, yeah when he finally gets to be the boss and that's what the show's about <laughs> basically how they are this bizarre subculture of people that doesn't fucking exist anymore. And, it, and there's lots of great scenes where they're like falling out of time. Like mm-hmm. where one of my favorite episodes uh, or the plot line and it was like people, uh, uh, his son, AJ, or Anthony Jr. He's starting to get friends in, in like in his senior year in high school. Like they know his dad is a mobster mm-hmm. or it's like wink, wink. He's a mobster and they're starting to get impressed and like, oh, he's got a fancy house. Then they go to his friend's house whose dad is, like, a, a stockbroker or an international banker, and he is way more rich and more yes. connected than Tony. And, it, like, the message of that scene, like, oh, now the gangsters of today are these guys. Like, the old gangsters, that doesn't matter. And then there was another great scene where they, this little story where they were trying to do, these guys were trying to do a protection racket on a Jamba Juice. Yes. And they, like, <laughs> smashed the window. Like, well, looks like you're getting some accidents here. He's like, like I, I can't pay. The, the manager was like, I can't pay you money. Like he's like, well, then maybe we'll beat the fucking shit out of you. He's like, well, okay, but I mean, they're just gonna hire another manager. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, both the guys just like walk out, just constantly like, what's America come to? <laughs> Corporate's gonna send in the district manager. Yeah, that's, that's one of those things I loved about the show. It, it's like them trying to stay topical, but these pathetic things. 
oh, there's this truck with these Pokemon cards. <laughs> and I, the show is, had like two years off in between several times. So like, yeah. you get to the 60s in the last one, it'll look like right now. But like, I, you were talking about AJ learning about his dad because they have to use the internet. And yeah. the, the internet is definitely in a 1998 perspective. And yeah, only six seasons from like... 97 to, yeah. ni- to... I feel like it was... Ni- no, I think it was like 90, 99 to 2008 or 7. Or 6. I, no, no, wait. I think it was 2008 because I feel like a 5th or 6th anniversary came up mm. recently of the finale. But it, it goes Which a long is time. funny. I came right... Everybody, but this is a, supposed to be a subject based on our favorite HBO shows. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Whoa! Wow. Whether you had HBO or not... Should we also introduce ourselves? Oh, shit! <laughs> Dave! Um, Whoops. Yeah, what's up? I'm Chris. Who cares? Um, anybody else want to introduce themselves? Take your time. Take your time. Um, well, it would be Mike Grimm's turn here. Uh, okay. Alphabetically? How are we configuring <laughs> uh, this? That, okay, I guess I would go next. All right, so I'm Henry Gilbert, H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. All right, now that we've done that, we can introduce our topic. The nature boy, Mike Grimm. <laughs> <clears throat> Silence, please. It's not TV. It's DiGiorno's. This is how they introduce their programming. That's how we'll introduce this discussion family starting a movie in their VCR. God, they live in a shitty city. Are we really going to listen to the whole thing? Dude, it's the intro I prepared. This took hours. All right. <laughs> this is a classic uh, talk radar here. It's still my favorite thing in the world. I'm used to hearing this before Spaceballs started. <laughs> True cinema. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I think this is the shorter version. <laughs> From the heavens. <laughs> I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's kind of... You don't know what this is? No. Well, I never knew what this was. Uh, I never had HBO. Yeah, I did as a kid. So this there is were like... the free weekend. Oh, no, well, yeah. I, I stole it. Uh-huh. Well, we can get into all that. We had it when cable first started. Here we go. So yes, before every movie started, they would play a minute and a half sequence that ran over a small town and then over the horizon where an HBO logo would from descend from the heavens, spin around. It took for fucking ever. I love that. Uh, I We had it when it first came on. Mm-hmm. Well, do you remember when the first, I don't know if it's the first, but it was one of the first mm. HBO original series mm. about football. Oh, first ah. and ten. First and ten, that is right, with <laughs> starring O.J. Simpson. <laughs> O.J. Yeah. Simpson was on. It was just, uh, it was really just a too hot for TV sitcom. <laughs> I wonder if this is the theme song. Yeah, it's first and ten. What? Oh, it's a tribute? Well, let's see. Hall of Famer. Starring Delta Burke. Jesus. Oh, I hope we get to see her naked. And I think the the weird thing to all this... It's just like topless ladies and stuff. All this shit has disappeared. Oh, Donald Gibb. Donald Gibb. Nerds! Uh, All this shit has disappeared because HBO basically was such a low-budget network. They'd never secured the rights to any of this shit. And uh, that's none of this stuff so, has ever been on DVD. It's like uh, the guy from Arrested Development. Which one? Uh, you that? got a stew going, baby. How <laughs> yeah. Weathers. Carl Carl you got a stew going, baby. Uh, need the rights. <laughs> but there was also uh, <laughs> there was also like after that show there was. Well, I, I, how did you see? How did did you ever see HBO when you were a kid, Grimthy? Uh, no. You'd never go to like a slumber party at a friend's house. No. 
I remember distinctly one uh, not being babysat sometime. I, I didn't know what it was back in the day. My parents, they knew I hated the honeymooners, and they were like, you're going to go stay at a friend's house tonight. Why? Because we're going to watch the honeymooners. Like, I fucking hate the honeymooners. Fine. I'm going to watch. They're just fucking. My parents were kicking me out of the house too fuck. And this is a, this that is, was their code. Yeah. It just, that it was that easy. Yeah, well, we're going to watch the honeymooners. And I saw you know? broccoli, and I love Lucy. Like, Bang, I'm, right in the kitchen. I'm out of here. I'm going over to Paul and Matthew's house. Their parents don't give a shit about anything. Sorry if Paul and Matthew are listening, because they really didn't. They had like four kids where you could eat I like all friends junk food, like that. Yeah. And they would watch HBO all night. And of course, they're like, come on, we're going to watch HBO. Be, be cool, be cool, be cool, be cool. And it's uh, like, I think Lethal Weapon 2 is opening, and mm. somebody throws a radio in a bathtub, and I freak out and start crying. So <laughs> ruined, it for, ruined it for everybody. It's that, and it's that kind of thing where, like, I guess we have to tell his parents what he saw. Yeah. Because he'll probably end up telling them, too. And that's why you don't bathe. And <laughs> well, yeah, so I don't... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I... Not on the weekend. I would watch it, uh, like, at hotels and stuff. Yes. Like, oh, with the free Family vacations yeah. or, free vaca- or free weekends. Uh, and... I know, like in friend, but it, like in the mid-teens, it wasn't good for watching scrambled porn because they, like, that was Cinemax and Showtime. Mm-hmm. HBO, Cinemax. <laughs> HBO still did the same porn stuff, but they like wanted to make it an actual documentary, so they did real sex, which, which... was strangely got to the chase a little faster all the time. Yeah, but they Under the you, pretense of education. The amount of times, <laughs> but it was a real, it was a Russian roulette. You never knew. Like it was like, oh, is this going? Will this be? A bunch of fat naked hippies. Of <laughs> it always was. There's always one naked hippie segment. There's always segment. one naked hippie segment. Uh, I'm going to dip my strawberry into your happy trail. Uh. Or the same like uh, uh, Raparez has talked about before watching one that was like a very hippified circle jerk. Like it was just, it had all these like messages to it, but in the end they were like, and now it's time to circle jerk us. Like, let's do it. Like, uh, that was the God. end deal. Of it. That's why if you're going to circle jerk, bring one woman and just pass her around. So, right? Okay. Hey, high five, Hank. Mm. High five. <laughs> all right. But so they had shows like dream on. Hold yeah. your, hold the phone. That one is definitely not owned by HBO. And came out on DVD very briefly and disappeared, and I got the whole fucking thing. It wasn't a very the whole great licensing show. thing. No, I love this show. There, like, there's a lot of like boobies and kind mm. of like Martin Tupper fucks someone in every episode. But Brian Benben, the dude who plays him, is <laughs> comedically great. He's not, yeah, it's weird that he never appears in anything. It's almost like what was this like late eighties? Late eighties Take on Family Guy, like. Yes, when he's got a situation he's presented early nineties. Yeah. Did we talk about this recently? I'm scared. I don't think so. Uh, I, well, I found it because I did find that there are full episodes with nudity on YouTube right what? now. Really, of Dream On because they don't exist anywhere else. Uh-huh. And I do think they're legitimately funny. It's like a funny sitcom with cutaways, where the character will be saying something. He's like, "That's like the time you remember that time I got you a blowjob in the park." And then they just cut to a, he, his head turns like this, and then it's a scene of some guy from the 1940s trying to open his car door. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. What? Yeah, Grim's looking at me good... like I'm fucking nuts. I have I'm not... no idea what this show even is. You I've never, never heard, heard of, of it. It's, no. the, guy, I only, I the never... show opens up with a guy watching television throughout his entire... So anytime yeah. someone brings up anything, he cuts to his memories of television. Okay. So basically, so making... it's like Family Guy. Why it, didn't you guys it's, just it's, say it's... that? We did! <laughs> we did! <laughs> I only watched it on. Speed. I watched it without the nudity on Comedy Central. Oh. Yeah, they also it, played it on Fox because it was yeah, popular enough for like it, a week or. It was still two. edgy without the nudity. Yeah, but they also like you could tell when they said 
fuck when they replaced fuck in, in lines True. as well. It, Michael McKean, would, I remember being really good on Michael McKean, Gibby Fisk. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Gibby, that character was what great. What happened to the actress who played Ben Ben's... Denny uh, uh, Yeah, the secretary yeah. or whatever. She was like... Well, before that, she was on Saturday Night Live for like a season. Uh, for yeah. the non-Lorne Michael season. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, Elaine from Seinfeld was I just there. keep seeing like a pie chart in this episode of Slicing That Slice of Pie. Stop thinner it, thinner you say thinner. it every time. <laughs> <laughs> and if you had to propose an episode to be all about fucking carburetors and... Uh, no, no, no. I would do that in my own podcast. What HBO <laughs> Car shows, Time Network. What HBO shows have you seen? Uh, Come on, white boy, say it. Uh, we got us. We're starting chronological here, so I'm trying to think of the earliest one I've the seen. Did you watch one. Oz? No. Oh, I Man, loved Oz. Oz was the best. Talk about Oz. I'm aware of what that is. <laughs> All right, it was before Sopranos. It was their first. Yeah, Edie Falco was on. Not just Edie Falco. Adrian Torturo was on it as well. Yes, and like several of the Italian gangsters that were on the early seasons of Oz, like. On a commentary track to Oz, Tom Fontana, the creator of the series, like, he was watching a scene, I, I watched a commentary track for Oz, but anyway, Jesus. I was watching a scene where Adrian Totoro's were in one one scene, and he's like, and I wanted to use her more, but uh, Soprano stole her too, so. <laughs> and you may Great. remember this uh, song, there's a really old episode of South Park where Cartman goes to juvie, okay. and they use this music, the whole, wow, it sounds so fucking It does horrible. sound really shit now. So, <laughs> dun, yeah. dun, 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 yeah. well, so here were the differences with Oz and later shows: is that they only they gave Oz like eight episode seasons. Uh, but I own it, all the DVDs, by the way. It was a, I still really like that series a lot. Like it had great actors, and it also like it had it appealed to such a weird base of people. Like, I knew like number one, it had a big gay following because. Uh, mainly the main storyline, uh, love storyline between uh, Chris Keller and uh, Tobias Beecher. Tobias Beecher and, Those two. Uh, and J.K. Simmons of oh, J.K. J. Simmons is the best. He is Lemons theme. He is so who appears nude in the show. Like, you're yeah. a guy. Why you're really selling me on this? Uh, Luke Perry appears nude <laughs> before he gets <laughs> cemented inside of a wall. There's a ton of nudity, male nudity in the show. But okay, but it also has... that was my impression of the show. I had knowing nothing about it was that it was. Yeah. But, uh, prison but, sex and shankings was the also, entirety of the show. It had a, it had, uh, it had some fans in like the hip hop community, like Method Man, and uh, he's the only rapper I remember appearing on. But there were more no, than a few. The, the mums, the, the guy, the poet. oh mums, yeah, mums poet. The poet he was, was on, on the there. Yeah, mums the word, and uh, and also like the the war between like Adabisi and Saeed, like that was great. great. Adabisi was, was the guy in the tail section on Lost. Okay. And Harold Perrino, who played Walt, was the narrator of the whole. He would narrate. Michael, both. you mean? Michael, yeah. yes. And also, Dean Winters was like he was yes. so awesome too. And Christopher Maloney, and, yeah, and his brother. And his brother, who said, uh, who got told, "How about them apples and Goodwill Hunting?" Yeah, that's right. My Maloney has a first name. It's C H R I S T O F. It was. It was a really great show. It's kind of dated now, but the guy. It also was a. It was a soap opera. It was a total fuck. Like the first couple seasons were like really respectable there's a dude Tim McManus who wanted to create this prison that was slightly more humane to people and mm-hmm. people it would, would give them more freedom to see if they would not be as violent people would fall over themselves to trying to get into Oz and get into gen pop general population because mm-hmm. Oz could you could deal drugs in and fuck people and uh, that, that was one of the... If you... Yeah, if there was a magical staircase where you could always do drugs under yes. No one would catch you. My favorite... My, one of my favorite scenes ever, because I can't imagine anything more humiliating this Italian gangster want to take Adebisi down and not... Oh, that was the best. The, the giant guy on Lost, he'd always wear this crazy...
crazy hat that's stuck on his head. No Somehow. The guy that's on the Weezer album cover? Ooh. Uh, yes. Yeah. Jorge. <laughs> uh, no, but he... Giant, huge, built black dude, like, with a... Let's, I'm trying not to African accent. Just total yeah. African accent. Yeah, Mr. Echo almost. Mr. Yeah. Echo. So, like, he's very intimidating. The dude came up to him and, like, he, and he tried to shank him and had a PC beat up his two guys and then raped him. <laughs> yeah, he bashed their heads in, like, he... He bashed their heads in with, like, soup cans. Yes. And then... And then what? Uh, yeah. And then what? And then raped him. Yes. <laughs> there was a lot of rape on the show. There was Prison a rape, rape on like, the show. I believe in the, at the end, like because Beecher got raped by uh, J.K. Simmons so many times, he uh, knocked him out and then shit in his face. Yeah, that was the see. That was the thing. Like Tobias, he was uh, Tobias is a guy who shouldn't go to jail. Like he ah, uh, he was the lawyer. Who, he was a miss. He had like, so when the show started, we were seeing it from his perspective. Yeah, because he all was from, he was like this is not a career criminal in jail, and he's totally fucked. And a white collar dude got drunk, hit two kids with his car, and goes. And to jail so years. what I like about the show is that it's like it convinces me that that's why prison works yeah. is because nobody gives a shit about going to jail. You give a shit about getting raped in jail or <laughs> brutally shanked with like a piece of soap. I mean, the rest of it sounds like summer camp for any crime. Right. I would no, yeah, for anybody that's got like a really hard life imagine yeah. it's like well you know I'm in a place where I'm covered yeah, and I, I have medical if, if care if I ever make enough money I'll probably go to one of those execu- as executive camps where the Rolling Stones will play at the end and I'll stay in bunk beds <laughs> with my fellow executives we'll learn, we'll learn how to weave wallets yes and also, it's, it's just like it's extremely important that, that uh, everybody always remembers that that's what happens in jail and these shows play an important role in the social justice of the well, United the show, States the show is also a very like race centric show yeah. because that is what prison is yeah all you have is your skin there so it was like if you were to explain storylines, you'd be like, well, then the Italians went against the, the G's, and then the Aryans fought the Muslims, and then the biker, like, it, that, that's how it went. And there were guys on the outside, like, that's why Dean Winter's character was one of my favorites, because he was always wheeling and dealing with everybody, yes. and it made him a really interesting He was uh, very much the Clint Eastwood character. <laughs> Oh, yes. he even talked yes. like him. All right, fine. There was a really good episode. Until he got breast cancer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, there were, again, it was a soap opera. Like, they had storylines. They, they had another dumb storyline where they had to take old pills. Yes. Like, they, they gave instead someone, of serving their sentence... They would take aging pills, and that would carve slices off their time. What? And Is that an was, actual thing? Uh, on, it was you a know, sci- I think he, like, they read it in a magazine. Exactly. Like, it was who theoretical was, they made science. Homicide, so everything was ripped from the headlines in some fashion. And mm-hmm. That's, it was that's some, pretty goofy. It's still pretty great. Like I would love to get out of that, a place like that sooner if I well, just have a little bit, a couple grades. So that's the, like, the show Homicide mm-hmm. was like famous as too good for uh, one of the last great... Uh, shows on network TV, like yeah. really well written dramas. Dave and Simon it, from the Wire. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. So Tom Fontana, they got him to create Oz, and then they got Dave Simon with Ed Burns. Is it? The it's Ed not Burns that the, same. It's Ed not that. Bur- okay, <laughs> it's so not they created, Charles Burns. They created the Wire, Charles. though. They did the, uh, the they <laughs> did the special the the corner first. Like, yeah, which is, six they, which is a lot. Have you ever seen the corner? I have. It's a lot like the Wire. It's yeah. almost exactly the wire. Well, it's uh, same cast members same, and everything. Yeah. Oh, one last mm-hmm. thing before the wire. Then what's that? <laughs> the uh, the Oz Seinfeld crossover from the that was it's really SNL. good. Yeah, it's, Ed BC stuck me with the nades needle. <laughs> it did happen. All that. Good luck with all. <laughs> and that did happen. That did happen. Yeah, this totally is the most happened. fucking periodical. The only other thing I remember in Oz that was particularly shocking: a uh, dude forced somebody to give him a blowjob, so he just bit his dick off, and then just like spit out this chunk on the floor. <laughs> 
and then some guy he got kicked out of the neo-nazis and had to line himself with someone else in gin pop and he's like you know what you gotta do time and, to spoon yeah and he bent over and the guy stuck a spoon in his ass yeah. and then he just yelled and there was a, a cutaway to echo like mm. it no, no, wait, the rest of us don't know that that's a thing. What does that mean? And uh, wait, Well, that's like H.P. Lovecraft, man. You yeah. can't be too explicit with it. you got to use your imagination. Oh, it did show the one thing I have still never seen on television. Christopher Maloney, who was like, what, on Law & Order for how many he, years? Uh, forever. Like Great, fucking years. hilarious dude. Love him, went on American Summer. He's the best. Oh, he fondles okay. his sweaters. Um, he, I just, him, seeing him piss into a bucket in solitary, like... Yeah, we've seen people turn their backs to the camera. He's just full nude, mm-hmm. piss coming out of his oh, dick, wow. going into a bucket. I've never seen anything. You very like that rarely see that on any kind of. I, <laughs> well, let alone people... as an actor, like, can you piss harder in the next scene? Like, I don't know if I can do that again. I just don't have the juice. <laughs> there was uh yeah. So later in the series, or so the the wire shared a couple actors too yes. with uh, with Oz. I know that the uh, like the black guy cop the. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I'm trying to remember his name. Bunk? No, not Bunk. The uh, I just watched the, the younger guy. Game. The younger guy. With Daniels? The... No, not Daniels. <laughs> no, because the um, the oh, guy who was uh, who Carver and Hurt. Uh, Hurt. Yeah, the guy, Hurt. The guy Carver. who's not Hurt. It's Carver. Yeah. He was like a terrorist in in Oz. And also the uh, who ended up as an inmate. But, trying well, to... fuck it. Uh, the uh, the one the uh, the kids uh, one of the younger yeah, dealers the... under Stringer. The uh, Wallace Bodie. Wa- Bodie. 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 He was on the show too. Bodie was also on the show. basically playing the same character the except in jail. Character. Like <laughs> okay. another impressionable young G. That's why it made me so happy when that episode of The Wire when Bodie gets out it like just busts out of juvie. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. And walks away. He just and walks away. And walk out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love the recurring jokes on that show that uh, that. That Hurricane, the other guy, this like they drive by the guy they're supposed to be arresting like so many times. They're such yeah. fucking idiots. Like, well, Herc was the idiot. Well, let's, 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 not, idiot. let's not burn our load early. Let's uh, save that one for the second half. All right, we thing. want to save the wire. Well, we're going chronologically, right? So we're working our um, way well, up. I guess the Sopranos is before the wire. It is. Right. We kind of talked about that, right? Uh, what do we got? Rome, uh, Deadwood. Yeah. Well, no, those are all later. The yeah. wire was like two thousand two. Oh, really? It was started, it? Yeah, they. Huh. They also had a very spot like they did five seasons in like eight years or something. Okay. They, can we can we jump back a little bit in time? Oh sure, Dave, take it anywhere you want. Well, this is <laughs> all right. <laughs> take it anywhere that relates to the song. Jeremy, I let you borrow these DVDs long ago. Yes, yeah. I've watched at least three episodes. Oh really? Jeez. Yeah. No, no good. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. As its time <laughs> passed by, is it one of those things where? It's in, it inspired so many things in comedy that now it looks uh, like uh, that, that, old hat. That honestly may be the case. I mean, I, I it's still good, but like you've watched Tim and Eric, moments, right? I mean, like, I watched Tim and Eric. I've watched you most. Bastard! <laughs> it's the only Mr. Show clip I have on here. From the Tim game, and Eric, so. the, the the Sarah Silverman show, everything like, that David Cross has done since that. Yeah. I had no idea who he was. Or Bob Odenkirk of Breaking Bad. I don't necessarily like his comedy. Bob? What? Yes. Really? He's a fine actor. I think he's funny, but I don't like his material that much. In what? That's... Mm, uh... He had one joke I heard to stand-up that I never forgot. <laughs> I picked up a copy of Bowfinger on DVD. <laughs> it contained a special feature on the back that says, does not contain the movie Bowfinger. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Uh, you don't like his comedy? I guess not. Bowfinger is not bad. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> it's not bad. Now we have Bowfinger Defenders. Where is the show going? Oh, bad. Um, well, Mr. Show is famous for not being famous and not watched and, uh, like, 
even I, the cutting edge comedian <laughs> comedy fan that I am, tour. I was only alerted to it in its fourth season by a friend too, because oh. I didn't have HBO then. But he had taped like season three. I had stolen it for a brief period, and then Comcast had caught me. That was uh, if I'd never met. We had free previews of HBO. Did everybody have free previews of HBO growing up? Do you not have cable? Occasionally. Yeah. So they'd flip it on for the weekend. So I have all these weird VHS tapes or like every movie I've ever heard of that I can't see uncut. So I just, when I go back, like right on top of my old VHS player in the, is a tape that says Godfather 2 and Honey, I Blew Up the Cake. <laughs> that was the greatest double feature of all time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. What have gets, you done to my son? You're too big. You're gonna trample Las Vegas. I have to call Rick Moranis. In I keep trying to with blow him up, gun. but he keeps shrinking back down. <laughs> you, Ricky, you broke my heart. Sorry, who doesn't love Rick Moranis? Uh, by the way, honey, I shrunk, honey, we, we, we shrunk ourselves. Is on Netflix. Oh, I've always good. been too afraid to watch it, despite loving those first two movies. Honestly, they should have, like, I felt that was a return to form. Because they like, blowing <laughs> up the kid, that was, uh, it's more interesting it did, it to see It didn't have Matt Froer in it, so you were too disappointed. But you know who wrote that movie? Mm-hmm. Joel Joss Hod- Whedon? Joel Hodgson. Joss Whedon. Yeah. <laughs> Joel Hodgson? Yeah, Joel Hodgson wow. wrote, we, Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. And I'm like, I either can never watch this movie or need to watch it immediately. <laughs> okay, but back to Mr. Show. Mr. Show. That show was great. Was, you gay bastard! And that was the best scene that ever was in Mr. Show. <laughs> that was fucking fantastic. But it was at a time when sketch comedy, like, uh, it, mm-hmm. it, it, it mm-hmm. had kind of a renaissance, like, of, you know, Kids in the Hall really brought it up. And and uh, I'd say Saturday Night Live had had a really good patch good in the early 90s. But it was very topical and not timeless. Whereas, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe Mr. Show looks awful. And, but it, and it is funny seeing everybody bad. in, like, grunge wear yeah. of the era. There's, uh, there's, some, there's definitely some of that stuff. <laughs> yes. but, so the, the, the parents, uh, imposter parents hosting an MTV-style show to tell the kids <laughs> to go to bed early. I Great like idea. those damn video games. Like those damn video games. The Beatles or the Nazis. What's the... <laughs> What's the, I forget the one. I think it's like a gas station. He's asking a question. He's like, Ugh, and they have to like. Oh, run you've it only up. seen those first three episodes. Well, whatever. Those the first th- season is weak. It's is not a... that it's weak. I love the commercial but segments. But the actors, like, they have no actors. That's the one where David Cross's body is like a little Slim Jim sausage thing. <laughs> That's one of the best scenes ever. Yes, that was Titanica. Titanica, do it again. <laughs> that that <laughs> try again. That was uh, that in like. <laughs> Again, I feel this Blink is the most 80... abstracted conversation for people that haven't seen yeah. this Blink-182 named a song Adam's Song after that. Like, the character's name huh. was Adam in Titanica, though. I did not know that. Yeah, but... Um, Never thought we'd die. Uh, but I think my favorite band. sketch... I loved that band. <sighs> it's hard to pick a favorite sketch. I really do. Well, the Fat Kid Camp one. Fat Kid Camp's pretty great, but um, so, is, so is pre-taped Colin show. I don't know it's why they so all say they love that funny. movie. It's so funny. Oh, uh, you know what? No, let me see if we can. NASA blows up the moon. NASA blows That's up yeah. the moon. That's my favorite. Isn't it our entire website comedy ring? Oh, Wait, right. named after that blowupthemoon.com. Blow I haven't heard of this. It was a very weird period because that and Tenacious D, <laughs> like T A S, uh-huh. is or wait. ATS, a special AST, a special, a special thing, thing, is from Tenacious D that oh. came on after Mr. Show, because the That's Mr. Right. Show guys wrote and produced the Tenacious D stuff. Which With again, Paul it's F. like Tompkins. HBO pre-internet. Like they never say this anything was new. 
Here we go. Yeah. And so we, I saw Mr. Show when it first aired. Showed a tape to mm-hmm. all my friends. This is fucking great. Parents mm-hmm. cancel HBO, like so we all end up staying over at somebody else's house because we have to see this. It's like 1994, and uh, and then it just it didn't come on. I I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to do. It was. It's the, you never know when they're yeah, out of the episodes. Episode. Yeah. It should be the fifth episode. And I know I have on tape somewhere. It's great. It's like uh, it's just like Bob and David are, like seemingly caught at a club. Uh, they're not. Sh- there's no new episode this week. Um, wait, seriously? Yeah, there's going to be real sex instead. I'm like, haha, that's funny. And then we all get up to watch it. And sure enough, they fucking bumped Mr. Show <laughs> to play fucking real sex in the fourth season. I, Because I had to buy bootleg tapes. And it's also this fucking freak putting together these bootleg tapes. So it's all the episodes stitched together. And then every talk show appearance Damn. by Bob and David. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Including like full episodes whenever Bob appeared on Seinfeld or David appeared on Just Shoot Me. I kind of um, had that obsession with the state. Did you? That. Yeah. Like, no, I, I, I would oh tape man, when members of the state were on other But did things. you tape Viva Variety, the state's been? Uh, yes. I which love is, that show. just that some dude, like, stitched all that together. But what was funny is, like, is we got the show, Mr. Show, Friday Nights at Midnight, perfect time for a comedy show. And then as they get on, like, four season, yep. When's it on? Monday. When? Midnight. <laughs> what better time for yes. a irreverent like comedy the, show than Monday at midnight? They had a better... Co- I like they had it's one... It's got com- alliteration going for it. <laughs> they had one commercial where David was like, hey, you know, let's just keep this between you and me. You know, so Monday at midnight. No one else will see it. Like, it'll just be for me and you. <laughs> pre-taped call-in show. I wonder if it'll work in audio. It's our kids. Our topic in two weeks. But tonight... <laughs> The elderly. Good evening and welcome to the pre-taped call-in show where we tape all our shows a week in advance. I'm your host, Ken Doral, and uh, let's try it again. (laughs) It's really not that hard, okay? Our topic, once again, is the elderly. We're, We're taping it now and it airs next week, okay? So, if you're watching me talk about the elderly, don't call to talk about it. It's too late. Instead, call about cooking, which is next week's topic. Okay? If you wanted to talk about the elderly, you should have called last week when our pet care show was airing, but we were taping the elderly show. Okay. Here we go. Hello. Hi, Ken. Great show. Thank Fun you. Uh, what can I do for you? Uh, my dog has a disobedience <laughs> problem. Okay. And, uh... okay. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like this guy is so worth watching. David Cross's yeah. character looks like he's at the end of his rope, been in a newsroom for 16 hours. There's a bunch of empty a cigarette tray. Yeah, um, it's like no. <laughs> And no. then the reveal. Yeah, the reveal. The, you got to see that. That's that's all visual. The reveal is really good. I knew it was all visual. No, I think it's way ahead of its time. A lot more of it. Will, dude, the guy who needs to get a job at the new law firm and finds out that the economy is all based on blowjobs. <laughs> I'm not gonna give a blow. You're, you didn't really think that people win lawsuits based on the arguments and testimony of a people. It's all based on a series of blowjobs. <laughs> but I graduated from Harvard. Pretty, be a pretty damn good blowjob. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Fuck it, I'm gonna try and find one more. Also, that then later, that was the other great thing. They did it like Monty Python with the connectors. Every sketch connected to the next sketch, even if it was fucking loosely. 
Yeah, some of them weren't as good as others, but they were really. They still, they, I still laugh at uh, at remembering them. Like, Dude, the, I, I don't know. I love and Brett and I like just trade remarks every day. And someone did it to me on Twitter. I'm like, that was a great Mr. Show quote. And like, I'm quoting you. You say that all the time. Ate it and going it. Hit a golf ball. What are you going to do? That's from the blow up the moon sketch. That's an astronaut's testimony for the uselessness of the moon. Uh, C.S. Lewis Jr. His song in that. Uh... Oh God. Uh, hey, Mister. Damn it! All right. All right. We should. You know, Grim's there... a barometer of the audience here, having never seen the show and looking bored out of his fucking mind. Well, what about another original comedy well, that aired around the same time? Sex in the City. Oh, uh, Jesus, you watched every episode. I, I did. Know you I have. Did. Fuck I, that. Brain games. I had, I had, brain games. Brain games. Brain games? Brain games. What is brain games? That was... All right. That may have been even hold before on, your guys' on. times. Yeah, because I, I didn't this, have this it This wasn't a show, 80s. per se. It was segments that aired in between shows, particularly during kids' shows like Babar. Babar. Oh, I do Babar. remember watching yes. Babar. I know Babar. Babar. The King of the Elephants. The following program is called Brain Games. It has been known to drive people bananas. Oh boy, <laughs> so, this is gonna uh, this be show good. Ju- this show just freaked the, the hell out of me. Yeah, it seemed pretty crazy. So like, there's the one thing, Math Man. That's like the well, no, wait, no, actually, Math that might have been Square, square one. one. Forget about that. But I'll Brain Games is just Brain Games is just like freaky, and it's like these re- re- really weird puzzles. But there's always this like scary music playing behind it. Oh no, I, I do like, remember because they, they like let they waited and let you try and figure it out. Yeah. It's like Monty Python spell animation. Oh my god. It's this uh, super judges. trippy animation. See, this is why I normally prepare clips. Yeah. I can't find it. It's just on YouTube, people. All right. If you go to the end of one of an episode, it's like the thing that... Or just, oh, wow. just search... Um, Brain want? Games is over, and it's the end. Oh, I do remember that. Brain Games. Brain Games is now over. <laughs> the show was just Weird. like, it was a, I guess a show meant for kids to, like, teach them things, but, yeah, just the animation and the music that played. You brought it up, Dave. Yeah, I had I'm to hear sorry. It. Wait a minute. No, come on. All right. Confusing people. Yeah. Back to Sex in the City. Oh, man, really? The audience demands we go there. Yeah, brain games, super scary. Tell me, tell me what you love about Sex and the City. Well, I was going to say the Sex and the City. I did. I, I always said it's a it's a good show. It's, it's a, a good show, but it, it if just, you replaced every character with a gay man, wouldn't it be a truer to its spirit? <laughs> well, to its writers for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It was written by gay dudes about and living in the city. Turn up the square one theme song. And uh, I mean, well, okay, I I do think it gave. Um, uh, Kim Cattrall, like mm-hmm. it gave her the fame she deserved. I always thought she was awesome. Like on the a Mystery Science Theater, they did a series of shows with her on it. A series of come on, I'm trying to talk about Kim Cattrall. What? It's just Sex and the City theme song. Oh, I couldn't tell. All right, sorry. Anyway, they on Mystery Science Theater they did like two or three <laughs> movies in a row with Kim Cattrall in it. City limits. And uh, and then Crow wrote a song to her, and it was. Yeah, and, and in in the amazing colossal episode guy, they're like, no, Kim Cattrall was like the shining light in all these garbage films. Like, 
She, and was, she came to their convention and spoke yeah, and whatnot. She was awesome. She was in. Hold on, Mike Grimm is playing Animal Crossing. That's <laughs> not true. But anyway, she finally like got the fame she deserved as Samantha on. Uh, she was like the breakout star on the show, and you hear oh that, blow job. <laughs> <laughs> I'll I put in an application s- immediately. <laughs> I remember the scene I remember most with her is when. Uh, that loser Steve got one of his balls removed because of testicular cancer, yes. and then they were playing pool, and she was, she was, she didn't know, and she was talking about like, boy, this guy's balls were so big, I can fit both of them in my mouth, and then Steve just like acted very sad about that. <laughs> my ball will fit in anybody's mouth, Miranda. Hey there, Miranda. Oh, he's just I'm, a, a, I'm a good guy. Little squirrel you know, of a character. Oh, I, gosh, I don't know. If you want to date a woman, I guess that's okay. <laughs> right, Henry, if you had to compare each of us to one of the sexy yes. let's see. All right, well, yes. can I be Kim Cattrall? Because I love Dick. <laughs> okay, so you're Samantha. Uh, I would say, hmm, <laughs> this is really happening. Let's see. I'd say, I would say, I want to be Miranda. Sure. Uh, so I'm gonna say, Grim is. Uh, Oh, what's her name? You can change me around if you want. Charlotte? Uh, Charlotte. No, no. Dave, Charlotte, and, and Grim is uh, Carrie. Nice. Damn. Nice. You guys, I'm getting way more ass than all of you put together. <laughs> I just want you to know Charlotte's that. great. Come Wait, on, I don't right. even know what she was about. She's the hot one. She was the brunette. Right. I've got a show on like UPN now or whatever. I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> and UPN? Is that available in your local time machine? CW? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the, those are the yeah the Carrie Diaries. Yes, yes. Uh, I thought you were gonna say you've uh, taken up eating oats. Mm. Oh, because I'm a nice. horse. That's good. I'm I like play it. Some crows, uh, some crows. Kim Cattrall song. Okay. We'll start a break. Yes. And we'll come back and talk about more Itchbo shows. Uh, yes. Stay tuned. Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall. Kim Cattrall, Kim Kim, Kim Cattrall, you've never made a bad film, oh what the hell, ring my bell, let's go to the Dells, our relationship will gel, I like your smell, you're really swell, I'm Geraldine Heston for Contel, I love you Kim, I liked your dress at the Ace Awards, Cattrall! Hey guys, Chris here as always to plug our shit. Did you know we had a website, lasertimepodcast.com? You can go there and read articles. We have a ton of other stuff for you guys to enjoy. You can donate via our PayPal link on the left-hand sidebar. You can even buy shirts, which helps us out. Sorry I'm rushing through this. i got to get to work. Ooh, what else? Uh, we do a ton of other podcasts that I think you guys might enjoy. I believe Brett Elston is going to come on Cape Crisis this week and talk about Man of Steel a little bit, give his take on it. I believe we... We're pretty hard on it, but uh, yeah, hear what Elston has to say. He's a comic expert. He also does VG Empire, which uh, I think he really would like you to listen to the Rocket Knight episode, because not many people are. Rocket Knight, Sparkster, who knew that was unpopular? Um, I think I'm going to be on Video Game Apocalypse talking about a subject that will probably irritate people. I can't tell. Enough, Maybe enough time has passed. Um, and we also did an episode of Cheap Popcast talking about WWE's most recent... Uh, pay-per-view payback along with some other evergreen topics i encourage any wrestling fan to check out dave rudden's show cheap popcast and so that's video game apocalypse cape crisis cheap popcast and video game empire boom and coming up we have an extended second second break of laser time so enjoy that i'm exhausted good night
Clear the time, second segment. All aboard! Let's go! No, let's not do that. Okay. All right! We're back talking and, about... And by Jews, you mean curb your enthusiasm? Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, what a transition. Sweet. I can feel totally comfortable playing that because uh, that's yeah. totally public domain. That was the best... Uh, that was one of the top five best jokes in the rest of development season four when what? the Jeff Garland scenes where yeah. he's like... It's, it's just a story <laughs> of his character sneaking back into his studio... And then he gets stuck in a window like Winnie the Pooh, and then it's just the theme from Curb. <laughs> Which I would play because because it's so public domain. Some idiot on YouTube has put an ad on it with a Geico lizard. Oh, <laughs> damn Because who's going to come after him? Some... That was also on the Tim and Eric awesome show. They just ended an episode yeah. with that over the credits for no reason, really. I thought we were doing it. We were really concerned about my old job, guys, mm. about music rights. And we had this music pro... This We logged into this service that had... You pay for the service, and you have the rights to this music. And all of Kirby Enthusiasm's music, I'm like, this is all going in game editorial yeah. and abuse. And it never did. But I'm telling you now... You can use that music. I it's like, but I feel like curb your enthusiasm as like it owns it. It owns these songs, like this and that other one. So it was such a cool, like, I feel like all the Seinfeld people were just like spinning in circles, looking for something to do post Seinfeld, and then Larry David Seinfeld curse that they talk about. Yeah, and then Larry David, who like was never in front of the camera, he. He was the voice of George Steinbrenner, but um, he meant, like he got the the show got to start is like it was a special TV movie where it was That's the, really weird. the fake behind the scenes of him doing a comeback uh, stand up special, and then it, it was just, really confusing. Yeah, if you just saw it when it aired, Larry David live, and then like there's no stand up, <laughs> and it's him talking about the show, and then this. Studio turns around and it's not the Seinfeld set; it's just you. Wrong. Yeah, that was so funny. But then it grew. The show like yeah. and shrunk because he had a child in that pilot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> but then, but it the show made him like such an asshole. It was so great. But the the jokes are so funny because. He lives by these like very real set of rules. Yeah. He's like, I can't. Everybody a real set else. Of, it's all the things. Sometimes I love it's the show. A, it's assumptions I, people make in their it. lives. Everyone it is. It's, it's all these little things like, I don't want to have a stop and chat with this guy. Well, you do because sooner or later you're going to want to talk to somebody and they won't have to do it with you unless this is a fucking grace. Yeah. He's read to everybody. And it's like this one guy who decides like, eh, I'm just not going to do what I want and hurt anybody's <laughs> feelings and do whatever I want. Like... 
when you know, opt out of the social contract. A little bit, and that's <laughs> at least the show treats him like that. His best friend is a, is like a hurricane victim who's. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, lo- I lo- what's that guy's name? Oh man! Well, uh, there was some of my favorite scenes were like there. Our, our stories were there was one where like the guy said, "Oh, his, his brother died on 9/11. He was in a bicycle accident on the other side uh, of yeah. town, but he was like, he still died on 9/11." <laughs> and Larry's like, "That doesn't count." No, <laughs> our brother, he's a survivor, and then he yeah. shows up, and he was just a cast member for. Well, no, he brought, he brought another brought- survivor yeah. to meet that survivor, yeah. <laughs> and then the the guy from the TV show survivors was. was Trying to compare his yeah. thing to the, survi- the Holocaust survivor, uh, and I thought, I thought that episode single-handedly redeemed Michael Richards for his uh, yeah that, incident. Yes, I was... thought that was fucking hysterical. <laughs> Did you see that one, Mickey? Grimm? I didn't. You know what? Well, Michael Richards. I'm aware of that situation. um, Said out loud to a bunch of people. He thought I was going to say the word. (laughs) I'm not going to do it. He had a very he had a rant that was not. I totally forget what it was, but he got completely upset and yelled at like a black caterer, and every has their cell phones out, and he's just like, "Come on!" (laughs) Oh yeah, (laughs) yeah. That it also the like when him and uh, Larry and. I liked each season as it grew. Yeah. Each season had arcs to it. Yeah. Like this was the um, the the was the Seinfeld reunion season was one of it's the really best. Good. Like I, but, I haven't seen the one after that. But there was also the um, it's the one where they opened a restaurant. Yeah, the restaurant mm-hmm. one. There was the New York season. There was the um, fuck the the one with the uh, the mu- Mel Brooks's musical. Yeah, the producers that was probably one of my really favorite good. ones. Yeah. Stephen Colbert coming up to him before he had the Colbert Report. I, I freaked the fuck out because I've always loved Stephen Colbert. Someday we'll do the show on uh, sketch comedy you've never heard of. Yeah. Uh, that's Carell. God damn it! Uh, <laughs> and Exit Fifty Seven, the sketch show with uh, Stranger with Candy. Sedaris, pre. Yeah, pre- Paul Dinello was also on it. Yes, it was so good though. And but, Stephen Colbert, you will fail. <laughs> but no other show would that fucking work. Uh, another, yeah, the uh, Kirby enthusiasm is now like he just does it when he feels like it, and he that, has something he, he ready. He's one of the few people with that deal. Like if you HBO has a long-standing offer, whenever you feel like making another season, we'll go ahead and make another season. Yep, and he uh, just does it when he feels like it. We uh, ran into Shane at E3 mm-hmm. uh, two weeks ago, and he had a really good story about uh, Larry David. What was that? Uh, it was one of his friends. He lives in L.A., and mm-hmm. Larry David does also live in L.A., and I guess he lives near him. And one of his friends ran into him at a grocery store, and he was just like, oh, my God, it's Larry David. It's Larry David. Fuck, fuck. Okay, I got to say something. So they walked up to him, and they were just like, you know, Mr. David, I'm just I'm a huge fan. I really appreciate everything you do. I just wanted to say thanks. And he put his hand out for a handshake, and Larry David... Had his hands in like his sweater, and he was just looking at him. He was like, "Can we not?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'd oh. see him in interviews say like, "What are we doing handshakes for? Come on, let's let's do the thing Romans do, where you grip each other's forearms. Let's do that or something. Like, come on." When does that end exactly? Mm-hmm. Like, here, grab my forearm. So how do we know we're there, done? Are we just supposed to pull one another until one of us? Well dies met, of- sir. Well met. There you go. Perfect. 
right. Say something manly. That wasn't, manly that wasn't too bad. Did I grip too hard? No, that was fine. No? Did, did I seem weak? Too weak? <laughs> what was the... All right. What's another favorite episode of The Curb you, you guys like? I love the one where uh, he tried to get the sandwich that he was named after changed with Ted Danson's sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it's just his war with Ted Danson. It's oh, so yeah. fucking... But awful. the sandwich. His sandwich is made out of the like most disgusting things in the world. I know what? It's like capers, uh-huh. locks, and like just disgusting stuff and like yeah Ted has a great sandwich and <laughs> like anytime I see capers I just think of that episode and like <laughs> I loved, um, uh, there was the episode where they set up that lesbians like him and that he has all these, like, lesbian friends, but then, uh, someone's daughter, played by Mayan Bialik, was the lesbian she got when she was dating this guy now, and he acted, like, too enthusiastic about it. He's like, oh, that's great, that is great, and then all these lesbians turned on him for, for the way he acted, like, and then... But then later he gets back in their good graces because when he talks to the guy who's dating Maya Bialik, he's like, wow, you're you're dating her after she's been with all those women? Like, they know what's going on there. I I mean, I don't know about you, but I have no clue what's going on there. Like, My favorite one is still, favorite moment, and I'm sorry, I'm going to piss people off. <laughs> uh, so don't ruin it, guys, by saying it out loud. That Four Seasons story arc was... Uh, that Larry got a hall pass in addition to the producer's thing oh, where he could sleep yes. with any with one person outside of his marriage. He's trying to Guilt get free. laid all trying season. Trying to get laid, almost gets there, always fucks it up for himself, and then he sets his sights on his co-star in the Broadway musical, who's very pretty, mm-hmm. and then finally the last episode gets there, is right in, has the deal sealed, is making out with her, and looks over, and she has a picture of George W. Bush in a frame. And he's, is that George W. Bush in a picture? Yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> I, I, boom! No payoff for that entire. Season, <laughs> or maybe it's the next season when he gets. Oh, he gets back with uh, Cheryl, and she has like a. She puts her mm. cup or something on his coffee table. That. It's really fun, and like because the entire season he's trying to get back with her. Yeah, if I make Sorry, a whole spoiler. Seinfeld art. Yeah, yeah, that's... and then she puts a, something on his table and doesn't use a coaster. Holy shit, we need another HBO show. We've yeah. gone too long, but... It's like, hey, really? can I get to say my favorite one? Yeah, please. Uh, I just remember the ending of it, where he has the water bottle in his pocket, and he's in a bathroom, and a kid walks up to him and hugs him, and he thinks he has an erection, and everyone's convinced he's a pedophile because he said a bunch of creepy shit, so he has to throw himself out of the bathroom window so that he's not lynched as he leaves the party. Oh, yeah, the kid hugs him, and then the kid steps back acting very confused. And yes. There was also the good one... Speaking of ones where they thought he was a pedophile... <laughs> <laughs> was, was in the start of the Seinfeld one like this woman is talking about her daughter has a rash on her privates but the mother says like oh, yeah she has a rash pussy. on her pussy and she, she an itchy the, pussy. the mother keeps using pussy to talk about her daughter's and stuff and so like, then and, and then Larry's like oh I guess that's okay to say and so at the end of the show he's at the doctor and he's like oh I've got a rash here you see, I've been seeing this girl, this this eight year old girl. She's got a rash on her pussy, and so I mean, you know how that is. And then, like the the doctor leaves the room and calls the police. Yeah. That's so shitty. You can't say pussy. Uh, is there what's the what's the appropriate word to use for for a young girl? I, I don't uh, know. Hank, I would say I said private parts. That's private parts. I think that's good enough. I would try to never. Address that region. I'm going to call it, uh, let's call it from here on out. Vagina? Vagina. Bulging. Or I also would have accepted gumdrop vortex. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Another show. New Sounds show. like a Borderlands gun. 
<laughs> uh, I want. Come on, I, the I know, wire. I know it, we brought it up. I think on the last episode, but the Spawn animated series was. I loved it. I thought yeah. it was great. As far as like an adult animated show, fuck they, yeah. Unlike a lot of shows on HBO, they didn't stick with that. They didn't give it a chance. Like they, and McFarlane is, I think, is threatened to this day. Like I'm just gonna, I own it. I'll, I'll pick it up and do it myself. And yeah, good luck. It'll take. <laughs> well, he's if he's going off the first couple stories like how what's animation's pretty cheap these days it's like not that it's cheap it's just like distribution he can handle that he doesn't yeah. need a channel he should do a kickstarter <laughs> he should i would give this one animated kickstarter but come on the wire the wire fine <laughs> the wire is the wire Finally. the best show of all time yeah i'd say sopranos but or uh breaking bad's doing looking pretty good these breaking days ba- but like uh the Wire and The Sopranos had that mix, and this is why I think people, when I say watch The Sopranos, either you think it's a good fellow as the show, or you've read so much about it, it seems it has that thing where it's intentionally challenging. Mm-hmm. And there are moments when it's not entertaining as a show. Yeah. It's just like you're, you are being quizzed, basically. Like, or the, the, like they don't give you background on stuff. Like it was for The Sopranos, you needed a show uh, than opening a like previously on them. Yeah. Like they always had that, but. It, yeah, the the Sopranos didn't insult your intelligence, it, but neither right. show well, neither show but, does that. But uh, uh, Breaking Bad doesn't do any of that, and is thoroughly compelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, never seems to break its own code, but it doesn't ever like take this time to challenge you or fuck with your expectations just because it can. While well, we're just on the topic of the previously on segments, yeah, I just want to uh, give a quick shout out to the Shield. For forcing me to watch a, a certain character. Spoiler alert: If you have not seen the Shield, pause. <laughs> see him forcibly fillet a guy over and almost over in the previously on in every episode seasons and seasons and seasons <laughs> after it has happened because did you suck it was a very is <laughs> it, it was important to his character it defined his character for the entirety of the show it is that. true it, 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 it is it, hilarious it like every a, week before the shield Yep, still suck that Vic. <laughs> well, same like every you also had to see Vic kill uh the guy in the first episode? Yeah, the first episode yeah. guy over and over, over, and over, and over. Do they play Bawataba every time? No, they don't play. <laughs> Fortunately, they save their money. But <laughs> well, so I think the difference... Well, they moved on to Kings of Leon. So the difference the between The Wire and Sopranos, mm-hmm. I think the big one is that, like, there is a central guy to Sopranos. Like, it's Tony Soprano. He mm-hmm. is the star of it. There's lots of great supporting and co-stars around him, mm-hmm. but it, he is the force of nature on that show. On the They're, wire, who is the main character? They, like, is it McNulty? They is made it you think it was. McNulty. It depends on when it is. It's like for the first two seasons or first season, I'd say it's McNulty. McNulty but then once you sure. get in the later seasons, it's way more diverse. Than then that. it's Frank yeah. Sabaka. Frank Sabaka for the second season, like third season stuff, you get into like uh, the Polish guy. He seems to be the focus I, I, of like the school season. My fucking pick, the best gift I got myself last Christmas was buying my dad the box set of The Wire on DVD. Now I'm only in the third season, so don't spoil stuff. No, no, no wait, but it was I got him the DVD because he's a fucking. A lifetime government white guy liberal worker and so like you're gonna love this yes. it's a show all about your life and the fucking red tape you've had he loved it he's like I gotta subscribe to HBO I can do the rest of them like you sure can my dad has been against HBO it's not that he couldn't afford it he just is against the idea of premium cable the same way people fucking listen up <clears throat> hate DLC and think always online DRM is the devil uh, my dad thinks HBO is not 
$15 a month, Dad, for fucking all the movies you can think of? and nah. Not acceptable. Not acceptable, really? HBO has to check in with their cable company yeah, every 24 yeah. hours to make sure you're still subscribed. <laughs> Bullshit. Bullshit. And it's like, yeah, that old world thinking that stops people from moving on. So I finally got them to do it. I got HBO Go, was watching the second season of The Wire, and I actually loved it this time. Because before, it was like, what the fuck happened to this stuff? So, yeah, uh, quick, if you've never seen the show, basically, the second season of the show is almost totally abstracted from the entire season. It focuses Until on, like, a totally... End. Yeah, it Until comes around, end. but it's, like, it's focused on an entirely different set of characters, and... Mm-hmm. and the Stevedores. The Stevedores, which are the local sort of, like, dock workers union. Mm-hmm. And the whole season is about how blue-collar work and manual labor in America yes. is 100% fucked and dead and dying. <laughs> so the, 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 show, the show, the arc went. Uh, but you still first, got to see Omar and Stringer, and right? All those the arc went. Shit, I figured it, the arc goes like the first season is like why cops can't do the right thing, right? The, the death of police work. Uh, the second season, death of the working class. Um, fourth season, death of education, and fifth season, death of journalism. Yes, and uh, third, third season, season I can't put my finger on because that's. I what think third season is actually more like the direct predecessor from the first season. Because like when yeah, the first because, season yeah. ends, has a resolution, well, it's, it's it funny. Cuts the second, yeah, it's funny that in the, at the end of the second season, which I just watched, this is also I'm on my head. really happy that we've got a room full of white guys talking about how much we love the wire. Right? Yeah, well, the, nothing weird about that. So, Everything's right with the world. At the end of the se- yeah, I know it's such a cliche. But at the at the end of the second season, after you've had to deal with Frank Sabaka and the Greek and all these stories, mm-hmm. at the end they're like uh, McNulty and um, uh, uh, Bunk. No, Kamiya Kadima. Kadima. They are able to co- find a connection between Prop Joe and Stringer Bell, and they're like, fuck, we can get Stringer Bell again. And I feel like that was almost the writers saying to viewers, like, look, if you if we get a Maybe. third season, mm-hmm. we promise we're Maybe. going back. Like, the drug dealers are the mm-hmm. main focus again. But they're still guys, there. They like, never really leave. No, they never leave, right. but you're not getting... You're not getting any meeting between those two, right. and but Stringer Bell's like he so he is so awesome. I might like, name running, my first male child Stringer. <laughs> he's he's running a drug operation like a business, like mm-hmm. he's putting business rules he's going, to it. He goes the first season. It's weird looking back, and then he goes to fucking community college, yeah, to like learn more about business and be a better drug dealer, right? And then like Bunk Freeman, like those Bunk. characters are so. Like, I mean, it's great too because it feeds into that whole you know Simpsons thing where it's just the jaded realist and all of us, where it's just like. <laughs> You can never succeed on your own terms or win. You just have to, you know, play the best hand with the cards you've been dealt. Mm-hmm. And if those settle. are shitty cards, guess what? You're fucked. There's the, nothing the you fourth, can really do. The fourth and fifth season, two great characters take a giant leap to say, fuck that. I'm yeah. just going to do this. Well, then, and they like, are stamped out almost immediately. Well, not well, almost immediately, but they are ruined for ruined. Like, yes. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then meanwhile, like, Omar, I think, I call him the Wolverine of the show. He's great. Because well, he's yeah, like he's the, the most charismatic for sure. He's, he's also he's, the most cartoonish. The he's, the, he's, the, he's the rule breaker. He's like, I work on the outside of everything. He's, and Michael K. Williams is the best guy. Yeah, and in that show, he is owns. fucking amazing. And then he has the guts to, like, like, he plays his character, like, gay and doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, and he, like, Everyone else, it's a problem for everyone else that he's gay in yes. his community, but he does not care at all. Omar is the Robin Hood, gangsta ass Robin Hood. Yeah. She stands alone. She stands alone. Yeah, uh, there was a scene where. I even have a McNulty impression. I what, uh, is all right, what? Glug, 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 glug. glug, glug. Yeah. <laughs> the fuck it's that? a burner. 
Good. The way he says, what the fuck did I do? What the fuck did I do? How a fucking Welsh Brits can have adopt a Baltimore accent. And then he had to do a British accent in one episode when he was trying to get with the prostitutes in season two. But the show is, I also liked in the first season... It's just like, great, you dude. make uh, in, in older the, you get the better it gets. You make fun of the fact, or it's not Ooh, you don't make fun uh, of it, but it's kind of a thing now that on TV, every show is very whitewashed and like they'll have a token black character, but pretty much it's just white people everywhere. On this show, like whites were the minority big time, like, yep. especially in the first season. Like on the police force, it was mostly black. Well, if you're trying to reflect it, Baltimore in any kind yeah. of accurate way, it's like that's a predominantly black city. And it I mean, is. It's accurate, but you wouldn't think on a TV show. Same with like. Showing very fallible, petty cops who are just like, yes, yeah. well, why oh, do I give a fuck about capturing a <laughs> capturing a drug deal? That, that ain't my job. Yeah, that's, that. that's the whole like, crux of the show. Is that I mean, it's like the cops and the criminals are treated with the same level of respect because it's <laughs> like they're all out there trying to do one thing or the other in their own situation, and it's like there's assholes on both sides of it. Like some guys in the drug dealer side are willing to do what they do the most ethical way they can, while some of the cops are just fucking total shitheads yeah. that are just like, well, I have all that this fucking and- gigantically. <laughs> That sergeant for McNulty. <laughs> I love him so much. He, I like because he too. is basically the worst person in the world. Does not give a fuck about the actual job being performed by police officers. He's the middleman between everybody's like, I don't give a shit. And literally bites a donut. Yeah. <laughs> it is, like, uh, it looks like the murders is your problem, McNulty. But yeah. it's, it, it could be totally cliche, but the, the more you get to see that guy, like, every time you do something right the wrong way, I have to. It, Lives to burn me. I'm almost fired. I'm shoot out. The mayor like, calls me. Okay, so uh, Dave Simon, I think, was he was the uh, crime reporter for the Chicago Tribune mm-hmm. for a while. Or was it the Baltimore paper? I think it was Baltimore. It was the Baltimore paper. And he was friends with an ex-cop from Baltimore. So the whole show basically comes from their life experience of living in this city, dealing with, like, you know, journalism on one hand, but then the actual mm-hmm. reality of, like, this is what it's like to deal with crime, and there's nothing you can do. It's an endemic problem that will exist forever. And the idea that you think you can stop drugs or stop crime is fucking hilarious. Yeah, and the whole thing is, here's how the system breaks. I've looked yeah. at it from a lot of angles. Right, and how, it's, yeah, it's... How well-meaning people have to do the wrong thing all the time, and mm-hmm. how it can't ever get better. I don't, well, that's what I see when I watch The Wire. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, yeah. I mean, and you can, like, read into that, why that is, like, as much as you want. You can make your argument, whether it's, like, capitalism or whatever you'd like. And that's what makes the show good. It's not, that, it's, it's business and, like, this, this false this false thing of accountability when you have so many middle managers that yeah. eventually like boxes have to get checked and it doesn't matter whether anything was actually done or not <clears throat> I just watched that movie last night that uh, Bring Out the Dead one I mentioned mm-hmm. the Nicolas Cage one and he has a line in it where he's saying I can't save anybody but it's just enough for the me to show up mm-hmm. at like the place where someone has died like you need the paramedics to show up and be there whether or not they save anyone is secondary to the fact that they're creating the illusion that yeah. this system is here to support you if you need it, even if it doesn't work. So just going through the motions is as big as an important part as actually succeeding in what your goal was in the first place. And it's a, it's a hard show to get into at first, too. Mm-hmm. Like, But once you get in, like, yeah. and you know all the principal players, that's that's like David Simon, too. Like He's not writing a show for stupid people. Like no. He's... He writes He's, the cop. The cops talk like cops. They're not explaining themselves to each other because they right. wouldn't do that. Right. So they wouldn't. They would just. They wouldn't re-explain their procedures it's to difficult each other. To follow. It has. It, it is incredibly it, difficult it to follow for the forty main characters. Wow. <laughs> and. I, it does, does yeah. it not? Like, uh, there is no central character, really. Nah, McNulty's the closest thing to it. Like, but, and for the four season, and like, well, that was his story. I'm like, motherfucker, he went off and filmed three hundred and a bunch <laughs> yeah. of other stuff. Don't say that was his story. <laughs> to just disappear. He's a beat cop now. 
You can't go look for burners. <laughs> it's a burner bunk. Uh, all right, we should move on to another Should we? Show. I, ha- I have one queued up because I think it gets forgotten. And I don't remember if it's even remarkable. I love that show. I, I really love it. Like I, it. I feel like I could watch it again. I feel... Uh, Six so Feet Under? Oh. Wow. Well, right. Should I watch it once? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What? I haven't seen it. Um, so the problem with Six <laughs> Feet... Yeah. Kind of I think the problem with Six Feet Under is the same reason that people have, like... American Beauty was, when it came out, (laughs) American Beauty was regarded as, like, this is the pinnacle of modern film, like, when it is not. Like, it definitely isn't. It might not, but the thing that American Beauty looks bad about is, like, because at the time, this is what I'm feeling and no one's saying it. But now everybody's saying what they're feeling. I am wealthy and I have everything for me. I'm still not happy. Why? And American Beauty explored that a little bit, and so does Six Feet Under. Yeah, but in realer, with realer Six Feet people. Under was yeah. about a family who owned a mortuary and a crematorium. I think I just wasn't ready to see Peter Krause in another role. I, was just, I, li- I, li- I loved him too much Boo, in Sports, Sports Night. Night. Sports what? Night. Shut that. up. Sports that Night. is, that is my... the overratedest of overrated shows. God but among it, Sorkin shows, it's... It's, it's, it's the Sorkiniest of Sorkin-y so bullshit. So what? But you know what? It's the lowest stakes show, so it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, it's... it's meaningless why what is sports reporting anymore let's go to benson and see what he has to say i'm <laughs> i'm dying but i believe in sports <laughs> reporting you seen, but you went too far have you seen newsroom and how exactly like i sports fucking is? hate newsroom Newsroom is <laughs> fucking terrible which is an HBO show fucking so. terrible i love it uh, that's coming out that's coming back with a new season i think i hope so. feet under starts with a uh, like a short story cliche of a family of uh, a, f- a family whose family the business is, they, no their family business <laughs> drive are his funerals driver. and then the the Dragula. father of the family <laughs> dies and they have to bury him how do the funeral people deal with their own funeral and grief yeah. but it, but it was I, I don't know how to make it sound interesting to the, to the uh, in regards to the stuff we normally talk about but uh, well Captain America is in that one episode what yeah, and six Chris Gunner? Evans yeah, and Mega uh, Man uh, mm. st- what. Stop it. You're confusing the good for the fuck Got it. Got Jesus it. Christ. You're confusing the hell out of me. Really? Well, Six Feet um, Under was just a very mundane show. It, like, was, it was... was a mundane show, that, but the cool thing they did is that they talked about their inner grief while talking to corpses and people who died mm-hmm. as, some sto- as some narrative metaphor, and then you see something like Dexter, which is literally a ghost <laughs> telling someone what to do. Who was actually there and all and this stuff? It's the same and Michael C. Hall who and Michael C. Hall yeah. is fucking awesome on the show. And at the time, I don't know if there were a lot of gay characters who got to play that front and center. And he's not out to his family; you get to see what his life is like. Mm-hmm. He's he dating. reminded me of Smithers. <laughs> <laughs> there was an awesome joke early in that is just show. Out now on the Simpsons, though, right? Yeah. In the, in the first season of that show, where like the mom finds out he's gay before he's ready to tell her about it, like she sees a guy leave his place, like his his room, and and she comes in there and like she she doesn't want to imagine what sex acts they must have had but she she can't help it she sees like a like something from the ceiling that you could hang something from and she thinks that's where they had some BDSM sex act <laughs> and then while she's looking at that then David looks and sees like oh shit the lube bottle and the grabs and just puts it away oh god like that's the like she totally missed <laughs> the obvious remember when she fucked Dwight Schrute? Yeah, she what? had sex with Dwight Schrute. He was, uh, he, he was, was on intern. that show, he and he intern. left the show like to go beyond the office. He like, was an intern at the mortuary, really good at his job. If you can Im- just imagine Rain Wilson playing yeah, a creepy yeah. mortuary. He was so great. That's so very good. Uh, and whatever. I, but the thing is, everything about it, I don't know how to sell someone as interesting. Yeah. 
Well, and it's very it, much of its time of the early 2000s. Maybe. Like, but it's, it the was, show started in 2000 and ends in 2006, and that's when the character... They very specifically live in those times, too. Mm-hmm. Like, they date each episode, because someone dies at the start, and yeah. that says when it is. Do you have a so. favorite... My favorite intro to that, because someone dies every episode. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I have three favorites. One guy who got... Every episode of Six Feet Under starts with somebody dying, mm-hmm. and that's who the corpse they're dealing with in Immortuary. It doesn't matter if it's part of the plot, it just... How it starts, and one my one the great one the guy just walks out of his door gets killed by a giant block of blue shit shit ice coming out of an airplane, just dies their problem, <laughs> and then occasionally they play with like the death sequences oh. to fuck with your expectations. And the end of the first season was a really good one of those. I don't remember that one. Okay, what, what well, you it? say yours. My, mine was when there's like a guy. I'm man. I'm gonna be late to the fucking porn awards. <laughs> I gotta fill up all these rubber dolls with helium, or nothing's gonna. It, we're not going to have a show on our hands. So he's filling up these fuck dolls with, with helium and attaching them to a truck. And then, oh, God, gets in a car accident. And, like, that's how they fuck it. You think it's that guy who dies. And then the fucking truck full of helium-filled women start flying out. And a Christian in the car in the intersection over can't see him. From the building over, just sees bodies floating up in the air and gets out and thinks it's the rapture and walks in front of traffic <laughs> and gets hit by a car and dies. Oh, and then, I forgot and, that. And then there was a, the, the absolute best one was, like, you're expecting this by now. With six feet under, like third or fourth season, somebody dies in the beginning. And it's somebody on the phone frustrated with their mother. Mom, no, I don't want to tell him. And she's trying to light the oven. And it's not lighting at all. It's not lighting. <laughs> and, she, and like the camera's all close up. Uh, it's not It's not lighting. It's not lighting the gas. You can just see the waves on it. And like, Mom, I'm trying to do something here. And you just hear the mom or, the, or somebody, whoever she's talking to on the phone. Oh, my God. And it switches to the perspective of the person on the phone. And the guy is walking through the office with a shotgun. And blowing people away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's pretty great. Is this how they would like sneak guest stars on the show as the corpse? Jack Black. Really? As the shotgun wielding man. They're guest stars. Linda Ronstadt, like, what are you doing in this funeral home? Well, more like James Cromwell. What are you doing well, here no, for he was, no, no, he was. Yeah, James Cromwell was just a cast member on the show for two seasons. Yeah. But I think it, I it came to mean a lot to me that show it was a cool me just too. about existentialist dread and maybe I saw it at the right time in my early twenties when I was depressed. The last and episode still gets up. me. It's yeah, I cry like the last season really like the yeah. last season. Some people Fuck. like stop in the fourth season. I I used to work at a video store. And uh, because they were fancy pants Berkeley people, mm-hmm. they're like, I don't think TV is garbage, except for HBO. And they would mm-hmm. wrench through every season. Mm-hmm. And I would notice, like, half the people who were going through Six Feet Under, they would get to a certain disc in season four. An episode would happen, and they'd be like, I can't. I can't, I can't watch anymore. It's... And it's it's one where, I'll just, it's just say, it was David... Uh, the the main character, yeah, Michael C. Hall's character, the best episode of that show. He gets held hostage by a drug user, like at gunpoint, for the half of an episode. Yeah, the episode like, focuses on every character, and this one episode is just. I remember my super workout friend, creatine eating. Like, we would just go over to this, but my buddy's house. He was out of town. Like, sorry, man, we gotta go watch Six Feet Under. If you want to hang out with us tonight, that's what we're doing for the next hour. Mm-hmm. So we walk in there, and he's like, "That was fucking excellent." That was really good. Like a crackhead just gets it in David and holds him. How does it gunpoint? Robs him. Robs him. Like thinks he makes it forces him to smoke crack. For this all and for, then, like a, for like an hour. The whole episode is and it, focused on this. It's abduction. too much for pe- some people. Like they you identify so much with David, and then like you, all these horrible things happen to him, and it also like he carries like 
post-traumatic stress in that the whole rest of the series. I, I don't know who that actor is, but I would like to replace him with the real-life uh, Jamie Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Whoever that actor was. He pretty much was, yeah. Way better at it, too. But it's a great show. I, I still think it would hold up. The first season, first and second season, definitely. Third and fourth are still good, mm-hmm. but then it's all worth it for the fifth season. The final season. All right, everybody everybody bored yet? Deadwood. Deadwood. Hey, cocksucker, motherfucker. Cocksucker. <laughs> My favorite line in that show Al Swearingen bent over like what he has some problem with his prostate or he's something. He's got a, he's passing a kidney stone. He's passing a kidney stone. Yeah. And this poor he's fucking prostate's like rubbing his butt. He's like, God damn overheaded motherfucker shit. And it's like his fucking like capillaries have burst in his eyes, yeah, so he's, he's like, just like totally like bitching and fucking mother. So what that is, it's basically like a, a, a pointy calcium stone yes. that is stuck in your fucking kidneys and you Luckily have to I piss it out of your urethra. So it's the closest if thing can. to if it, you can. It's like the closest thing to male pregnancy there is. And it's business. This is all fucked up and goddamn fucking over. Oh, that sucks, Al. You want a blowjob? Please. <laughs> you should go to YouTube and just look up best swearage in lines. Best swearage in One of my, like, swearage starts out the, so, all right, the show's a Western. It's a Western, yes. It takes place in Deadwood, Colorado, a, I believe I think it it's is. Colorado. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's, uh, Real place. It's, it's a, a territory. It's a frontier yeah. territory. And it starts out as like the the a very loose western town, mm-hmm. and over the series, over the course of the show, it's about society establishing it's creeping itself. in it's, on this. Yeah, it's being forcibly brought into the union of the United States, and how people it, deal with that shit. Right. Like, yeah, and yeah. just the, the idea of actually being a frontier state, where it's like you are not actually a part of the United States; you are your own tiny little village out here, and you have like a sheriff. But everything else, it's like, it's still sort of just run by the people who are there. Like, mm-hmm. if you get fucking shot in the street, you're fucking dead. There's not <laughs> yeah. a whole lot that's going to happen about that. And so then comes to town, like, uh, a character moves to town. He's, like, nicknamed Bishop, but he's the, uh, I forget, he's supposed to be the main character. Played by Timothy Oliphant, mm-hmm. who does a really great job. Yeah. And in the first in the first few episodes, seemingly set up as the villain is Al Swearjin, yes. who's, like, the heavy of the town. He runs the biggest brothel and he's the most violent guy he sells the liquor he runs the inn he basically owns the town (laughs) but slowly as the show goes on like yeah he doesn't become i'd say a force for good but for order yes he's like and there's so many awesome scenes like he's the main character of the show yeah the greatest scene that i can remember to that to to your point is like they have the climactic battle between these two people you think were adversaries. Yeah, in the, the first in episode the, of the second, of the second season. season yeah. And I remember like, this is happening. This shouldn't be happening right now. Um, and then the show just gets better. Yeah, yeah and, once and, they've uh, fucked that, uh, once they've dealt with that shit, yeah. They then can move on with their their lives and the, the hoople uh, heads and the, yeah. There's so many. It's, the, so elsewhere, what, what do they call Asians in that show? Uh, many bad the, the things. Magi- <laughs> the the, the magic one. The Mr. Oh, Wu. Celestials? Celestials. Celestials. Yeah. That is one of the oldest terms for that. Yeah. <laughs> I never heard that. Well, before. and then there's Wu, who's the guy that you, they feed corpses. He has pigs and they feed corpses to those pigs. But, so, but Al Swergen and Wu are friends, but Wu can't really speak to him that well. Right. And so there's very funny scenes that are about communication that. On the outside, might looks slightly racist, but it's just well, it is racist. I mean, English. but it's like, like yeah, you can't speak English, but at the same time, it's like I, it's like you, you when you think about that, like I am a Chinese immigrant in like the fucking eighteen sixties <laughs> in an American frontier down that's death for people that are native language speakers and grew yeah. up here. It's like how in the fuck are you existing out here? Like why did <laughs> I stop here and why am I moving on? <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah Swearton's the best. He's played I have, I have by, some uh, by him. Uh, Ian McShane. Ian McShane. 
who is the fucking man. I love you, McShane, so much. Yeah. Hot Rod, amazing. Yes. <laughs> he played Judas. In- you must consort with that you not fear beating for such an insult. You're killed, sir? Who? The animal. Oh, no, fuck. No, I'm a fucking terrible shot. Work better closer in. Sheriff! About his duties to the camp. Huh? Luck trouble didn't jump out earlier, huh, Bullock? Might have found you mid-thrusted other business. <laughs> uh. What is it? Taken by a vision? You would not want to be staring like that at me. Believe me, even now, in the forest, the blade would be between my teeth. Me and you making our way stealthily forward. You don't want to interfere with me. You think I'm scared of you? Sure you are. If I take a knife to you, you'll be scared worse than a long time dying. <laughs> Oh. I love. I love sw- uh, oh God. There and he's not. And he's the best character. But there are so many good yeah. games. Like Wild Bill Hickok is in this show for a point, and his yeah. fucking actor is amazing. And Calamity yeah. Jane is somebody, one of the best. I love Calamity. Somebody asked so me that much. online. Like, when does Calamity Jane stop being annoying? I'm like, she was never she was really never, annoying no, to me. She's fucking I, awesome the whole way through. She's a self-hating drunk. Like that's yeah. what I love about her. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, got that fucking puss on her face. And oh, also, like when when they start adding like black characters to the town, like. They're interesting people, but everyone hates them, and they call them the N word all the time. What's word said? Uh, and then, then this guy, <laughs> but then she befriends them, and the guy's like, "I don't really think we should be seen together." She's like, "I'm a drunk person. Everyone thinks is a lesbian. Who cares? Like, <laughs> I ain't got no honor to lose." Like, was it the doc? The doctor who just speaks in these long soliloquies, like to himself, as he? No, well, no, it, E.B. Farnham, E.B. Does Farnham, the best. yes, like E.B. That guy is so E.B. good. He's famous for being on the New Heart show. He was this Daryl, this Mother Brother, yeah, Darryl, that guy. He plays E.B. Farnham, who is the cowardly right-hand man to swear to the owner of the hotel. Like right. And he becomes mayor just because they're just they're having a meeting to like, well, so who's in charge of this town? Like, E.B. Farnham's like, I should be mayor. Okay, mayor. He's mayor. Like, <laughs> and E.B. like, uh, E.B. had the, the, his best soliloquy was like, E.B. was left out. Like, he's, he, he's, he he's talking to himself. The whole show yeah. really is like very Shakespearean. Well, that's, in a way. that's I think I read an interview. Is it Milch? David Milch. Yeah, he's he the... said like, well, that's how people did talk. If you think about going from Elizabethan speak to being tainted with this horrible string of out western words like words. YOLO and swag. So they're still speaking in a classical sense, and <laughs> and then yeah. Mixing in a couple totes and jellies is still in there. Totes <laughs> and jellies. Also, I love the uh, the character Star, uh, the uh, the Sheriff Bullock's best friend who yeah. he moves to town with. Because Star's like, he's the only Jew in town. Yeah. And mm-hmm. all, everybody gives him shit for it. And he just takes it with like, I found E.B. was left out. That's twice you fucking stand at me. I feel you breathing on my neck. Should I exhale out my ass? And I hmm. believe you're doing it intentionally. Why? You think I believe you're a fucking cunt? (laughs) If we fight, it won't be a casual matter. Oh, I see you got your big fucking knife there. And hid somewhere on your persons, you probably got some pussified shooting instrument. (laughs) I am good at first impressions, and you are a fucking cunt. And I doubt you fought many men. Maybe even one. Ah! Oh yeah, that's Charlie Utter. He's awesome too. Uh, yeah. 
This show does have uh, one of my absolute favorite fight scenes of any movie of all time. Uh, the guy that looks like Al Borland. I forget who the actor is. Oh, yeah. Is. Well, he plays Bill in The Last of Us. The... Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Wow, really? Uh-huh. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's basically sort of uh, Al Sorensen's muscle. <laughs> yeah, and he's yeah. just kind of like this big, like, shaggy-haired, bearded guy. And he's kind of like a big, burly motherfucker. Like, he kills many, many people <laughs> in the show. But it's like, there's this fight scene where he fights... So, if you know what the Pinkertons are, they're like yes. this group that's just sort of like the Illuminati of the mm-hmm. Wild West, basically, where they come in and... And Hearst's father, like, the, the man, uh, Charles Hearst, who Charles Foster Kane is based on... Yes. His William father... Randolph. William Randolph, for, uh, the, the, his father comes to town, yeah. to Deadwood, to get the gold claim. Like, yeah. And he's played by Major Dad, and he's really, <laughs> he's really awesome. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, but there, there basically comes this fight scene down between this guy who's also in muscle and the muscle of the Pinkerton group guys. And it's just the most brutal fight I've ever seen in any fucking format. And it's just these two big, burly, greased-up motherfuckers literally beating each other to death in the middle of the fucking muck in the street in this western town. And it's like, you imagine what two dudes do when they fight in a movie. And, you know, you think of something like They Live, which is yeah. awesome and hilarious. <laughs> but then it's like, it's more like you're going to try and gouge the other guy's eyes out yeah. or, like, bite pieces of him because you fucking want to murder him because you're this weird fucking... he will kill you. Because <laughs> he will kill you. And it's just the most horrific thing. And they're just, like, wallowing in the mud, like, fucking gorging each other to death. And it's, like, well, disgusting. And the way they greased and, up before the yeah. fight, too. Like, the prep for it. <laughs> yeah, it's like, they go into this just like, we're going to beat... One of us will be beaten to death or, like, fucking impaled or drowned by, like... And it's just so fucking grisly and brutal and nasty. My... One of my... Well, I, the, one of the guys in that scene, the guy getting his ass kicked uh-huh. that we just played, is Garrett Dillahunt. My favorite actors ever. Shane and I used to do impressions uh-huh. of him from No Country for Old Men. Oh, Sheriff! He was just here, Sheriff! Uh, <laughs> Isn't he he's, on, uh, he's on um, Raising Hope. Raising Hope. He, well, he, he plays... He, he plays, plays three... Two, not, uh, three. Three. Like, he plays three characters. He plays a, I've never seen a show do that, and he does it... He, that's why he's awesome. He does it so well. They love that. Wow. Yeah, Milch loves that guy. That's he's in John from Cincinnati, which is how he opened. He's this three characters of... on the same show. Yeah. So he's pulling like a Terry O'Quinn on X Files. Oh. And another, Ooh. but also text Brett. Text Brett. He'll get it. He'll like <laughs> also, there's Powers Booth as the owner of the dive. Or no, there's the Jam, and then the other one. The, uh, he's, yeah, he has the fancy hoe. He's talented. the fancier one. The but it turns out that he's actually more evil than Swearjin. Mm-hmm. Like he's. Swergen doesn't like Swergen murders, but not for good, not without good cause. Mm. While Powers Booth's character, like he's like when his top uh, bottom bitch, yeah, when his bottom bitch wants to leave and start her own brothel, he just kills this girl, like kills one of the girls he was going to take. And he's like, "Well, are you gonna stay or what? Or do I have to kill another? Don't make me kill another one of these girls. Come on, <laughs> like." Uh, it was such. How, how far are we gone? I feel like we, we were supposed to discuss oh, HBO wow. series of yore. Well, this well, it's recent. I mean, I get, <laughs> we're not oh, really this... touching the comedies. Of, of, oh, of, dude, uh, a... I can talk uh, more about uh, Deadwood for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, if you haven't seen Eastbound and Down, yes, there we go. <laughs> Eastbound and Down. When I talk shit about fucking True Blood pretending to be Southern and taking place in the South, you will see the difference immediately because like Eastbound and Down is shot every second in the beautiful. Those slow motion shots on the Doctari jet ski. Is that guy's <laughs> <laughs> Kenny Powers? Is... The show's really it's fucking such good. a dark show. It like, really so is. Oh, fucking uh, dark. But it's so the South, man. I'm from there. I will attest yeah. to this. This yeah. is it's actually being shot in the land it's from. It's well, gorgeous. and I I love Kenny McBride, but I am getting uh, almost Kenny McBride overload. But I think Danny McBride. 
Kenny Powers, Danny. I think Sorry. <laughs> anyway, Danny, I'm getting Danny. Danny I've, had, I've been suffering from Danny McBride overload for a while, but I because I think he only plays one type of person, but yeah. to varying degrees. Isn't it weird when you, but you, the best version mm-hmm. of that character he's is Kenny Powers. Yeah. Like when that. you read when I hear interviews with him, he, he's a film school person <laughs> and just wanted to make movies and uh-huh. like. I don't care. I'll read some fucking lines if that's what I got to do. Remember my fucking <laughs> lines. I don't care. If like we want to make some movies, that's it. And like he just wanted to be a filmmaker and write <laughs> shit and ended up in front of the camera. And that if you haven't you okay, Grim, you can attest to this. Jody mm. Hill, the guy who does um Jody Hill who does East Banner Down yep. with Danny McBride did a movie called Foot Fist, Fist Way. Way. The Foot Fist Way Amazing. is so fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And what's the second the, his, the second movie that Danny McBride couldn't be in? Observe and Report. Observe and Report. That is it. Yes. That movie is that so is, fucking yeah, good. That make, I didn't realize that was the same guy that wrote this show, <laughs> but that, that, that movie is... It's, it's fucking it's, crazy it's how awesome. dark that movie is. Like, that's one of the bleakest fucking films I may have ever seen. And it's like... It's awesome. the, it was awesome. ostensibly a comedy. Drinking. I'm switching yeah. the beer. <laughs> Yeah, Observing Report was the ants to uh, Paul Blart. <laughs> Bugs Life. But but that's the thing is that those movies came out in like the same week. Yeah. Those movies released on the same Friday. Paul Blart and this movie, and they were both pitched as mall cop movies. Do you want us to hurt you, Ronnie? <laughs> so good. But but Kenny's like Kenny is a selfish piece of shit. But there's been shows all like there's been a lot of shows and movies like Anchorman is basically that. All these yeah. type of right. things after that. But like he's the most selfish and the most shitty like and he like if he gets to the point where any other character would have learned his lesson and been like yeah i should turn around he's like fuck this man yeah. like he's yeah. and i he's basically like john rocker the, the yeah. horrible oh, atlanta braves guy. pitcher like that we get some good kenny powers lines up in this bitch He's like an I'm unbelievable. I'm sick and tired of carrying all the weight. Uh, the coaches and owners not giving me the shit. Former baseball player kicked out of the major leagues. Was really good at one point and clearly not anymore. I need to win. Atlanta, you're fucking out. Kenny Powers is now a free agent. Buy the bar and get shit-faced, huh? Get me paid, bitch. Superstar. Did you get the Christmas cards we got you this year? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, I get a shit ton of fan mail, so that's a lot of mail to go through. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think I did. Y'all get that uh, the tannin bed I sent y'all last year? Yeah, the one you sent three years ago. Three years? Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it is a tannin bed, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> you boys ever tag team anybody? Beat up any kids in your neighborhood? When we were kids. Me and your dad used to beat the shit out of these retard brothers that used to live down the street from us. <laughs> Hilarious. I mean, this guy was the most ruthless one. Now, I'm sitting here. He's got a family. He's got a nice shirt on. We try and teach our children Wait, the how kid, to make the fun daughter's name? of others who are challenged. Mongoloid Mike? Is that what you used to call him? <laughs> Bust his head open with a stick. Remember that? I think we're going to tone down the language, right? I mean, my mind's still blown. You got three kids. I mean, I remember when you were having this one. Old Blondie over here. We got three. Were you handsome, young man? The power's away. Uh, that littlest one's a girl. You certainly are. <laughs> Her name is Rose, named after Miss Kate Winslet in the movie Titanic. <laughs> you named your daughter after fucking Titanic? It's Cassie's favorite movie. Oh, wow. You gotta be shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? Fucking Shrek? 
I f- that guy I is also his bro- I forgot his brother is Star. He's is in Deadwood. Is the star from Deadwood. He's yeah. in Winter's Bone. He's fucking. Gr- he's also, awesome. He's also yeah. uh, what me you and everyone. Yeah, yeah me yeah. and everyone. Yeah, yeah so he's Wendy. great. He's awesome. Yeah. It is funny that like his brother in that show is just the nicest person yeah. and his wife. They're, they're just like fucking the least believable characters where they're just so understanding and forgiving for what is like the biggest fuck ass in the universe yeah. just rolling over them <laughs> consistently. But well, it is an incredibly funny show. Yeah, I love that what show. Well, that we're kind of like I didn't watch Rome, and I watched it, and I would say uh, all the memories you may have of it will be overwritten by Game of Thrones. So don't bother watching yes. it, and yeah. just watch Game of Thrones. Game of Thro- yes. modern things that are great. Game of Thrones, awesome girls, girls, so girls yeah, we got comedies yeah. on television. You know but what doesn't get Louis? a lot of what? Well, Louis. Well, <laughs> Louis, well <laughs> Lucky Louis. Lucky yeah. Louis. Lucky oh. Louis. Sorry. And What's Louis on? Life and That's on FX. The Life and Times of Tim I, I loved it. so fucking yeah. much. It was so good. Well, see, though, my... I was going to ask... It's now, right? Yeah, it was only after two I, I was going to ask a bigger point. Like, has HBO, like... They were... They used to be the place to be in the Prestige channel, but, like... Well, I know... I know they've from, kind of... It's not that they've lost it, as Game of Thrones is still the biggest deal around, but... Bob Odenkirk you know, had an interesting way of talking about it. I remember, he, like, why did Mr. Show get canceled? And one of the reasons was... In the, it, it, I have a whole book on Mr. Show that I've read cover to cover a billion times um, <laughs> and it was well basically they wanted to go make Run Ronnie Run and like whoops we'll make a season we get back he's like nah it's cool don't worry about it and then Mr. Show never came back and HBO is sort of since it's not reliant on ratings it's reliant on buzz basically it, what are people talking about and if uh, we're not making a show that people are talking about then it gets cancelled and so they're willing to take these crazy chances, and there'll be these fucking nutty shows on the air. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, if we're not talking about it like we are right now, luck. Thinking about luck right now. And John's John from Cincinnati, Cincinnati which, which I like. I love that show. I thought that was hilarious. That's kind of an outdated model now, because like besides Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. like Girls. what? what well, but Newsroom. are people are people like talking about that as it happens anymore? Hmm. I feel like Game of Thrones is a show you have to do it, but like. Fucking newsroom. People aren't going to be talking about that, like or what happened on that girls. That shit fell or... off. I mean, newsroom. I think was hot when it started, but yeah. But I mean, just, that show. just the, well, the way people watch the show. If you wonder why like... a lot of HBO shows don't last longer than two seasons, that's why. Because when you stop talking about it, then people yeah. The Deadwood was still care. such a good show, but yeah, I know what you mean. Huge yeah. tease because they they fucking they said like, well, HBO is going to cancel it because no one's talking about we were making this fucking gritty, nasty Western because it's been three years. Yeah. It's not worth it. Well, they also came into that whole DVD box set sales Mm -hmm. thing when that was ultra popular and now that's But Mill said he was going to make two conclusion films films that went straight to HBO. Yeah, like the equivalent of three hours. Because Larry David, like, is not, I'm just not making Kirby or He has a film coming out starring him and John Hamm. Uh Uh-huh. But, but yeah, I think like, AMC is, now has the prestige level of HBO. Like, it has it has, it has Mad Men. It has Breaking Bad. Though yeah. both of those are reaching oh, their end, and then they've got Walking Dead, which is like their Dead. red meat show. Right? But, and on top of that, like FX, like they made The Shield, and they've mm-hmm. been trying to make other like yeah. prestige shows, and like Louie is the most talked about mm-hmm. ro- like advanced sitcom on TV. Yeah. And That's one got, of the best yeah. shows ever. I'm gonna. And they've got the other like they're kind of filling the comedy niche. That yeah, more had, like, yeah. They got Always Sunny and uh, yeah. And That's, meanwhile, like, wait, wait, did you hear they're, they're splitting show. it off to dumb shit dog show? Yeah, they're wait. they're splitting off to FXX. Yeah, I saw that. It's, it's a weird move. Why it's would you do that? Because they're, they're, that FX will be the channel for like 
shitty commercial cut movies. Yeah, they're trying have, to make it just the movie channel and then have an original network with original programming. I think it's a dumb idea. Yeah, it's uh, stupid. Well, meanwhile, like Showtime has always tried to be HBO, but like they suck. They're their terrible. shows, a Brotherhood. When, even when their shows are good, like Dexter. <laughs> they get after too, season two. One of the their shows ever. get too procedural and repetitive. They don't take any of the risks. What, that I, it became clear to me when Dexter was brought to, when there was a writer strike and they edited Dexter to go on CBS. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you lost none of the new ones. <laughs> there was no reason to to like be on Showtime. It was just a regular run-of-the-mill shitty show <laughs> it's, it's with one of those, occasional boobs and blood. It got worse over time. Like, yeah. season one is really good. Season and one and season, two are great. Yeah, one and two is fine, but that's my cutoff. After that, it just gets season, progressively... Right now with his dad ghost is just committing it, murders. It just gets so bad. Harry's code. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, again, yeah. I think we've mentioned it before, too, but uh, again, spoilers. If you haven't read the books, the horrible twist in the TV show is way better than the actual thing that's in the book. You, you spoiled uh, it before, didn't you? Yeah. I believe it's a uh, it's some sort of Aztec ghost in the <laughs> personification of death that possesses that's him. His dark that's that who is his dark passenger. And the book, I think which the is, title is horrible, darkly dreaming Dexter. Dexter. Well, yeah, I mean it's a fucking it's a pulpy, campy, Yay. fucking fun to read book. I mean, <laughs> it's it just, never this high is not, art. Yeah, we exactly. Got, we got to do a round. Are we missing any other HBO shows that we should have talked about? Uh, I guess not. I guess All the not. great stand-up <laughs> specials. Well, did. you know what? Fucking Fraggle Rock. Yeah, it. we're not talking about the cool. kid shows. We yeah. had other kid shows. It pretty, Caillou. pretty bold. That's Caillou's CBS. public television. But there was... God uh, damn it. You even knew what it was. God, God damn it. Of course he did. I just love the Babar theme. Babar? Do you want to close out with that? We'll go the Babar theme. So pleasant. It's like just a an elfin family having a nice time together. Oh, I know. Mind of the Merry Man. What a shit garbage. No. What was Todd Margaret on? FX? Uh, I have seen. Oh, okay, uh, sorry, I'll shut up. Looks like a British corporate production. It is a it is a BBC show. So. Uh, the, the weirdest show I, I can't stop thinking about now is that David Letterman made a show for HBO. He did all the promos. Want to buy a monkey? It was <laughs> Cabin <laughs> Boy. I got it. Uh, it was shot in black and white. It was called The Good Life, and aired one season and has disappeared from ah. everywhere ever. It was shot in black and white, set in the forties. Mm. offensive comedy from like the mid 90s The Good Life I would love to see I don't know if it's any good I remember like this is fucking weird wait isn't that the show on CBS about the uh, the female attorney what no wait that's The Good Wife The Good Wife Dave let me Good Wife (laughs) my good wife I believe there's a shit starter for a show called The Good Life that's a family guy knockoff made by a Christian minister (laughs) and it's got one of the worst things I've ever seen really trailers yeah oh absolutely we gotta go watch that yeah (laughs) I gotta watch that. Oh, never mind. Uh, all right, we've been Laser Time. Everybody, get their plugs out. You can find out more at lasertimepodcast.com. Uh, we uh, always appreciate people shopping Amazon through us, uh, giving us donations, and buying t shirts through us. That's nice. We have a couple articles and features up this week, including uh, uh, other shows. VG Empire has an episode up that uh, I think Brett is disappointed by the reception of, but if you love Sparkster. Yeah. Man, this is the episode for you. It was a, it was a yeah. <laughs> yeah. Labor of love. You just have those episodes. It was a really good episode yeah. that, that I was on. Uh, there's Cape Crisis, mm-hmm. uh, the comic book podcast where Man of Steel we're having part two of our Man of Steel discussion <gasps> next week or this week mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. This week. Where Brett and I get into it as well. So if you're sick of hearing me talk about Man of Steel. Uh, but I believe I do my first remote 
Uh, that's true. Yes, yeah. Oh, that, you gotta tune in to find out, guys. That's Cape Crisis. Check oh, it out. CapeCrisis.com or on letdown. the site. Oh. And yeah, the cheap pop, cheap popcast. We just did the uh, payback episode. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's up right it. now. Yes. Uh, at Cedarbread, as per usual on Twitter, and I just want to say, you know, I do appreciate you guys listening. Sometimes I come off as a salty asshole that says <laughs> you should go fuck yourselves, but at the same time, but then I see more you. people tweeting you about things that are happening. Like I'm not part of people's daily zeitgeist because I don't talk about games. All I talk about is old shit that's been canceled, and uh, and I get included on a bunch of tweets. Like I didn't talk about that. I was just well, it's my callous attempt to abuse hashtags and trending topics ah, to gain more followers. But... I do that on Instagram right now, and it sucks that it's working. So I can't <laughs> Um, but yeah, lasertimepodcast.com. We were going on a what a. Say what now? What are we going out on? Uh, the Bad Bar theme. Tell us <laughs> everything you know about Bad Bar. <laughs> I know uh, he, he teamed up with Father Christmas in a famous Yeah, book. I think he's a um, an elephant politician of some an sort. An imperialist elephant. Yes. French um, creation. Definitely imperialist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Michel mm-hmm. Ancel created a hilarious French. Uh, elephant mascot. Let's uh, cut, cut. Darn. Let's get out of here. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> we'll be <later> time. Bye. <laughs>